Radio TFS, episode number 90. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. 90, Greg. That's crazy. I just noticed. <laughs> yeah, and it's like two weeks since the last one. Are we going to get what? into a cadence here? What's are we, going are we on? Going to we, do might, it? we might get to episode 100, this side of the, <laughs> of the millennia. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it was really exciting. You know, I produced the last show, did all the audio and the website stuff, and only screwed up the website like three or four times before getting the post out. And uh, that was that was that was pretty fun. Well, hopefully, it wasn't too bad. It's but the kind of I apologize to the website, but the listeners probably I don't know if you meant or not. I was very 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 quickly slapped together by me and Web Matrix one weekend, and uh, so uh, yeah, and, and then not touched again for another year or two. So oh, I'm sorry, but hopefully it was okay. <laughs> Hey, I think it's getting the job done, though. Uh, Gordon, I want to thank you for the the uh, tweet this morning. That we have to fix the contact us uh, Twitter link. Oh yeah, I saw that. Well, now you've been hacking around with a website. Yeah, I'll, I might leave that one up to you. There we go. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to do. My, you know, I'll have to practice the deployment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do my first PR for that. And yep, cool. Well, so, Martin, what have you been up to, man? What's how's the .NET Foundation treating you? It's going well, actually. Yeah, just sort of been um, just uh, getting some projects together getting some new things ready to go out and then also um getting together you know like what making a proper formal list of what like the dot services the dotnet foundation provides to projects and things like that so but that's you know it's good to get out there and get organized just get everything a bit more sort of streamlined really but more importantly than that we've got stickers what stickers are there is there unicorns uh we can actually get the unicorn stickers already from the same place already copyrighted yeah no 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 uh from (laughs) sticker from (laughs) stickermule.com If you go to stickermule.com, uh, the, the, you can get the cat on unicorn sticker. Tom Warren posted it, so uh, uh-huh. you can get that for your laptop if you want to. But you can also, as well now, get... Um, we had lots of people asking us for the .NET source code stickers and the you know, .NET Foundation stickers, and there's a cool like Rosling graphic out there that people have. And people will keep asking from like after conferences has happened because they would see one and ping me. And I'm, you know we run out we, by the time the conference is done. So it's like, you know what, why don't we just stick them up on sticker mule and then if people want them they can get them so i did that and they're um did that like yesterday and tweeted about it and uh, unbelievably <laughs> it's they were selling so well yesterday i had to switch off the notifications that were telling me every time wow. one was sold because i was like well that's getting annoying <laughs> <laughs> so that's a nice problem to have so i'm like wow that, yeah. that's fascinating so yeah so maybe i should do a radio tfs sticker as well would people do you want a sticker i can do a sticker if you want I've yeah i think a sticker would be yeah, cool stickers are cool they're always good i hate the look of my laptop without any stickers on it just looks <laughs> see and that's where my my ocd kicks in is i i, I like I, i've got all these laptop stickers but i won't put them on i never because... used to but i've started recently i don't know why well i actually didn't because you used to get into back in the day <laughs> when i used to be like when i used to be a like when i used to be a proper speaker <laughs> anyway uh-huh. and you used to have to do it like for you know you used to have to do it properly uh no quite often there would be um like you'd have hardware sponsors for shows and things and it was so bad that if you didn't if you didn't have that hardware man sponsors laptop then you'd get a sticker over the front of your logo oh. on your laptop and things like that and so I, that always used to just annoy me so i would rebel and make sure there were no stickers at all <laughs> 
<laughs> sort of touching my laptop. And as soon as I finished the show, I would, you know, make sure I got that stick, like the show sticker off my laptop that was covered up my manufacturer's badge. So now I stick, but I've got over that now. Now I just stick stickers everywhere apart from the <laughs> manufacturer's look. I used to like worry about the heating, but I guess there's no heating issues really on the back of these. It's underneath where all the heating issues. Oh, I don't think mine even has a fan anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where, if it has a fan, I don't know where it would be quite fit. They're so slim nowadays, these laptops. But anyway, how about you? How's, how, how's things with you? We've worked a bit busy with uh, TFS and things? Uh, doing good. I, we had, uh, we, I have an issue uh, in so, my day life. Um, we are going to start using Jira. Oh, my day job. Yeah. Well, I'm, not sure. I'm, not, I'm sorry, Greg. I'm not sure you can come on the show anymore. <laughs> it's nice having you. Thanks. And uh, thanks for your time, everybody. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> See you all later. Uh, now, actually, our, our business owner, who is actually, he, he's like a kid in a candy store with technology and geek stuff. And he's really very funny because he gets all excited about, we got this violin device, you know, and we got all these cool things. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, you know, I'm supposed to be the geek. You're, you're the, the owner guy. But um, he was involved when we we were bringing on a number of our, 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 a couple of our very large clients. We're talking like Fortune 50 mm-hmm. clients. And uh, they were using Jira to help this onboarding process. And for our business, you know, the e-discovery support business, it's not something you just turn the switch on. It's an ongoing mitigation and migration and and, and onboarding. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were using Jira. And at first he really hated it because, you know, it was like uh, forcing them to be methodical and organized. And, you know, he's like a shiny toy. He's like a crow, like the, the new shiny thing. But in seeing it actually succeed – he got sold on it. So he got sold on agile methodology, not just for development, but just for business usage. Mm. Um, and they were using Jira. So he saw the shiny, he saw it succeed. So basically we're going to, we're starting to bring uh, Jira in house mm. and there, I had, I had to laugh, you know, you look at TFS and there's like all these connectors and especially now the extensions are growing and, and with 2015, it's going to get better with the extensibility and the connectivity and, 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 uh, that kind of stuff. And, and Jira has its own API and its own marketplace and, and it's all these connectivities and extensions and add-ons. And there is like one Jira to TFS connector. Mm. And that's it. There's like, there, there are two kids in the, in the same room. They're two like big bullies, the, the, the two big kids in the room and they're like ignoring each other. It's like, you know, I'm not going to acknowledge you. You don't acknowledge me. We'll just agree to coexist and, and live. Um, and this actually being a, a, a VSALM and using this tool, it does help me appreciate TFS and also mm-hmm. see where the holes are. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, that the, the, the what, where the holes are would be interesting actually because I know you know obviously Jira is the main competition when it comes to TFS work items, and mm-hmm. it's funny as well because people talk about like Atlassian versus like the Visual Studio stack and things, and it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's Jira, and where I've seen where I see Jira, it's like a virus. It's exactly like you you describe the adoption of Jira within a company. It um it, it quite often gets adopted. It's or it's like SharePoint is. You know, it's like this virus thing that just infects different parts of the companies and people start using it and then before you know it everybody's gone that way and yeah. Jira is kind of the same and it's not it's not the rest of the Atlassian products kind of people can give a you know give or take like the the you know there's crucible stuff and there's this stash is okay they're um 
that their Git server that's okay, you mm-hmm. know, and source trees their um their client for Git, and that's actually a, gra- a really right. good graphical client for Git. So yeah, and that's free anyway. So use that for sure. But Jira is the one that that people like passionately love. So I would love to as you start using it, I, would, I think it might be actually quite interesting to talk a bit more about it, you know, and see what yeah. So have you what holes do you have you already noticed? It would be good to do this every week right, and talk about yeah. It. Uh, uh, one of the big holes for us and. and just to make sure that I'm out there clear, I'm going to be using Jira for my project management. I, I'm not going to double post between the two. Uh-huh. You know, TFS will definitely be, I'm not changing for version control. Uh, TFS is just going to be it. But for work item stuff, you know, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be like some developers and stuff I've run into. I'm not using it. I'm using what I know and I'm sticking with that. So, you know, screw you all. No, I, I'm going to be moving over to Jira. As a matter of fact, I'm one of the earliest adopters at, at our company helping us do the move over but some of the things i've noticed a is that you know jira started web yeah yeah you know so you can kind of see that whereas tfs it was definitely visual studio and then we bought uh um that uh third-party company the the web access and yes exactly and and then now you can definitely see it's see tfs moving towards that heavily moving towards that especially with vso online and you know you can see it moving that but that you know pedigree that jira's always been web it's always been there that that, that was that's one um some of the things in 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 well the other thing too is that there's um uh ticket management essentially baked in you know it's an extension that you have to add on to it or it's an add-on to it but it's part of so and, what do you mean by that what do you mean by ticket management uh, um help desk service desk you know mm-hmm. uh, uh send an email you open up a ticket you get assigned to it and you can follow it through and it has the standard help desk type escalation all that good kind of functionality and tfs doesn't have that and there are a couple third-party products that do it but even then it's kind of it's not as good as baked in and Mm -hmm. i've not evaluated that so i i can't really i'm not gonna throw any stones at them Um, but i've not really heard of many many people using uh you know uh, service desk ticket management stuff in in tfs Uh, but in jira it's it's baked right in um the licensing is easier. I, I know, you know, a TFS Cal is $500 if you pay retail. Mm-hmm. And we're going to open up Jira to the, the our whole company. We have 150 people. So even though with the stakeholder license, that, that, that's been opening up a great deal and you wouldn't need the $500 Cal, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, that limitation was was just uh, uh, kind of a blocker. But, but it's got, that's gone away, hasn't it, with stakeholder licensing? You don't need, is it not? Correct. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, and okay. stakeholder licensing, um, the capabilities are growing with every release. They're getting better. There's more capabilities going in. Uh, as a matter of fact, from the licensing, even on the VSO, uh, a lot of the capability from advance is moving down to basic. Uh, uh, so the team is hearing this and they're responding to this. And the, the new stuff coming in, in 2015 is helping. But there's other things that I think we'll, we'll start seeing in 2015 as well. I mean, Jira is... <sighs> You don't have that project isolation in Jira like you do in TFS. Mm. You know, when TFS, we have the decision, do we do one big project to rule them all so all of our work items are available and all of our boarding and and, and all of our backlogs, you can see them all. Um, or do you have one per project and try to do a roll up uh, to support those? Mm. Um, uh, Jira, it has, this, it has, you can have as many projects as you want. People can 
can be cross projects very easily. Uh, you know, a, a lot of like the, the tags or, or labels are global to all the projects. So you can use them across them all to make that kind of management easier. Uh, it's got, you know, full text searching. So you can use it as a knowledge base, you know, who's working on this, you know, just type in a quick search and it finds all those. So, so you can, you can definitely tell it's a, a mature product that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some silly things in it that I, that, that I hate, uh, you know, like the name, you know, you assign a component, you can create a component. Uh, and when you assign a component lead to it, you actually, in the version that we're using, which is like the, it's using a JSQL back in, it's the demo one that you're not supposed to use for production, which we're not when we mm-hmm. migrate at the end of the month. Uh, but you know, it doesn't do it like an auto lookup on the name. So I have mm-hmm. to type in G Duncan. Can't type in Greg space Duncan and it won't look mm-hmm. that up. You have to know to type in G Duncan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, but comparatively, that's pretty, pretty simple. And, and you know, it seems to be getting the job done, uh, and I think one of the challenges with Jira that I've heard about is there is a great deal of flexibility. You, know, you can create workflow schemas and task schemas and, and all uh, you know uh, field schemas and all these different schemas and stuff, and and all these things work differently. And and, and it's like wow, that's almost overkill for the amount. Wait, of and is that all that conf- is that all that customization done through the website as well? Though you know, like with TFS, you can customize yeah. it, but it's it's all it's all like tools outside of the web really at the minute yeah it's it's all in the web as far as i've seen there is yeah. no wits you know wit files mm-hmm. or or any of those no xml editing um Huh. And that's where cool. the that maturity part, you, you can kind of see that because they're aiming it. They're not aiming it really at hardcore developers. At IT know, we don't mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. You know, and, and honestly, that's one of the, the, the reasons why I'm kind of supporting it. Uh, because, you know, at my day job, I'm a, you know, I'm a developer. I, I, I do development. I, I do TFS admin because I'm a, you know, ALM, uh, MVP. Because you were the last one that touched it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I was the one that upgraded. I was the one pushing for it now jira i'm not pushing for it so i don't have to do the admin i don't have to answer the questions on it uh, so it's like woo. cool hey well no you definitely we'll move on because it's not is it's radio tfs not radio jira but still it's uh <laughs> um yeah no I'm, I'm i'm actually interested as you go through more and i think i think our listeners would be as well because it's good to talk about the full universe of things that exist even if we're even if we're not using it it's good to know what else is out there what i always find interesting i know I, so i used to be a systems integrator and i used to have to evaluate products a lot either from mm-hmm. myself or or for customers you know for, for clients and um i always find it fascinating how basically it's like you said at the beginning you can tell it was web first sort of thing it's always interesting to see see the legacy of something because that that always influences its design and how it thinks about things and it's always also strange how you have products that overlap in terms of the the requirement that the problems that they solve but they always come about them in completely different ways and have completely different like there's an overlapping you know intersection between the venn diagram of what jira would do and what tfs does and that one's fairly big but um there's equally that they, they do things completely differently you know a lot of the times in both in very different ways but in both places so <laughs> i i really have to laugh um as we were talking as you were talking uh there's a skype conversation for the Visual Studio ALMs and Mike, uh, Mike, I can't pronounce your name. F O U R I E. Commented, guys, is there a stuff I lose if I use Jira list? <laughs> 
Well, we should build that. So I am not the only one no, you know, no, fighting no. this battle. So it, that, yeah, well, that is... and it's, it's it is fascinating as well because in the old like in the old days, gosh, you know, when I when when I first got involved in TFS back back in the day, um, the conversations were always about you know it was always about IBM or HP or people like that. Um, yeah. Nowadays, the conversations are always about you know it's either it's either Visual Studio War or Atlassian sort of thing. So it's All fascinating. Right. Cool, cool. Uh, well, yeah, keep let us know how it goes. Um, so what about uh, blog posts and stuff. What's what's been going on out there? Have it, what's, uh, oh, what's nothing. in the news? <laughs> nothing. I, I think we're done. We haven't we haven't shipped anything. We're, we're doing radio TFSs <laughs> enough that frequently enough that there hasn't been a release of uh, Visual Studio Online. I, I, we may have to go to weekly cadence. You know. Right. Say, yeah. Well, let's do two weeks first. But uh, okay. Angela, Angela, friend our friend. We still need. Yes. We still need to get on the show. I, I'll sort that one out. Apologies. Angela. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I actually, you know, we, I was saying that we're not only adopting Jira, but we're also looking at agile methodology. I had a long conversation yesterday with what is agile versus scrum and then, and Kanban. And I brought up safe and I said, you know, I, I, I know somebody, she was, I heard her talk about the MVP summit. She had a whole MVP to MVP summit up on safe and the, the, the individual looking at us, I've never heard of that. So he started looking on that. So, um, but not related to that, Angela did a, a post a couple weeks ago, you know, a lot of you listening out there, I know, you know, look in the mirror, you are still running TFS 2010. What? I know you are. Yes, I, I know they are. I, I know you're looking at yourselves and you're wondering, yes, I should upgrade, but it's a pain or it scares me or something. Um, you're not sure what to do. The thing is, is that, you know, uh, it's aging out of support. Gosh, of course. It's five plus five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a traditional support cycle. It's five years standard and, you know, five years extended. But yeah. Wow. Gosh. July gosh, 14th. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, okay, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. So, you know, you guys, you have no excuse now. You need to start seriously thinking about upgrading or moving or, or, or doing something. And, yeah, obviously, you know, the sky's not going to fall on July 15th. We all know that. But being in support is a good thing. And you do actually want to get up to the latest so you can get ready for 2015 and, and get on the newer Angela, I think, who, I think one of the problems. Sorry, okay. One, I think one of the problems was um, there's a, there were a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff put in place in 2010 that's lasted us, you know, up until now even. <laughs> and the upgrade between 2008 and 2010 was particularly brutal. I think. Um, yes. And so I think people who did do that process just were like, never, no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> but the upgrades, I think, from 2010 to 2012 was, I think that was pretty smooth. And I know the 2012 to 2013, and then 20, and then also up to 20, you know. 15 they've all been as far as i've heard it's all been okay actually it's but the i know the 2008 to 2010 upgrade was particularly not fun for a lot of people because it was the sharepoint side of it as well i think was horrible and mm-hmm. like cracking open dependencies and things it was a nightmare it's the inf- yeah it's the dependencies that always bite me with yeah. the tfs upgrades you know the sql server dependencies change or like you said the sharepoint dependencies change yeah. uh the reporting services you know the, the dependencies are always a killer mm-hmm. so angela oddly enough is talking about that and ah, you know okay. she, she she works at polaris solutions yep. and she's highlighting something that can help you quickly make the upgrade at least help planning it um and it's uh 
is the, you can qualify for up to $5,000 worth of free services to help you plan and prepare for your upgrade through the Microsoft Deployment Planning Services Program, DTDPS. And she talks about what that is, what's included, how it can help. Um, and, you know, it's free. Seriously, absolutely. You know, it's a benefit to customers uh, who have purchased products with SA. You know, think of it like a rewards program. So if you're already on uh, or already an SA customer and you're on 2010 and you're thinking about upgrading, uh, just go to her post. She'll talk about, she'll give you some whys, uh, like, you know, from her personal experience, the longer you wait, the harder it is. Huh. Um, and links to all of this stuff, her email address, so you can contact her if you have got any questions. So if you're on 2010, um, you got to check out that post. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, so, uh, Jacob N was d- done a couple of good posts. So it was, it's actually the first one was very timely for me. Um, it was around how to deploy an Azure website using CFS Build V Next. And funnily enough, that was exactly what I needed to do. It was, it wasn't actually <laughs> the website, but it is. Um, it was uh, an Azure web job is what I wanted to deploy. Um, but our web jobs are deployed as a website. So yeah, so it was perfect. So um, incredibly helpful. So uh, that's the first post to check out if you want to think know how to do that is um you, you basically there's a um you know a, a a task you can drop in and things and do it but uh still it was um it was good to, it was great to see so thank you very much Jacob. and then the other post that he's done recently is around um how to uh, actually build a, a, a git repository um where you can do, do that um with sorry a github repository <laughs> Git repository we can do it's how to connect a github repository with build me net and things and, and right. get it to build from get it to build from github and what one of the things that they actually did while they were building i mean build v current can actually use any git repository um to talk to uh but but it has to be i think if you talk to public ones then they have to it has to be um you, you can't pass any authentication over i seem to remember whereas v next you can actually you know you can configure your access tokens and things and all sorts so yeah you can do if you have your source code in GitHub, um, you can still use Build V Next, and you know, and that all just magically works. Funny that. Funny how those sorts of integrations work, and yet there's no integration between TFS and Jira. But there you go. <laughs> And don't forget as well, as well as the TFS plugin into 2015, obviously, there is a GitHub uh, integration into Visual Studio 2015 that's actually good. So, um, you know, it's very common to have a hybrid, to have your private repositories in TFS or VSO and then have the odd be integrating with the odd public open source repository out in GitHub land. So um, I think I think that you'll see more and more of these types of integrations happen where, you know, we can join, we can join them all up because it makes sense so you know speaking of visual studio online and github mm-hmm. um oh i lost his name jeremy uh, likeness was that the one jeremy likeness yes duh sorry jeremy um did a great post on using visual studio online to build a github hosted javascript project with N- npm bower and grunt for free oh that's all, all the kids technologies there using a bit of an npm using a bit of node and everything cool yeah, which, you know, I, I know the JavaScript part kind of and the VSO kind of and the rest. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say I don't haven't done NPM. I haven't done Bower. I haven't done Grunt. I haven't done a lot of this JavaScript stuff. And it um, before the show, Martin and I were talking about the our website. You know, Martin was saying how he just threw it together. Well, I was I grabbed it because he hosts it on VSO, oddly enough, and was was looking at it and was was tweaking it and, and realized just how 
far behind I am on web development. There you go. That's what we need to do. You should follow uh, Yakov N's post, and we should get CI. I just realized mm-hmm. we don't I, we don't even have CI set up for the Radio TFS website, which is shocking, isn't it? But uh, we should get that set up and then have it auto-deployed on check-in. So anyway, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was, you know, that, that, that's kind of the thing is that uh, it's uh, there are so many resources out there, and you, you know, all of us, we get in our little niche, and we don't really look out of it. You know, I'm, you know, having a hard time just being, you know, WPF boy, let alone, you know, the new um, Universal Windows projects and the Windows 10 stuff, which is really, I'm really starting getting excited about that. Um, You know, after build, I I didn't, wasn't, at least I didn't communicate. I didn't see how exciting the new Windows 10 environment is. And as it gets gets closer to close to RTM, the, the reality of just how awesome for developers windows 10 is going to be um it, it's kind of scary how awesome that's that is uh but anyway uh back to jeremy's post you know he talks about how to use all of these things and it's great for guys like me lots of pictures lots of here's what you do yeah click here yeah click here yeah click here um and you have to use that um accent you click here you click here it, it, it walks you through it so it, it's great for you know guys like me so thank you jeremy for uh well, the best thing, out. yeah, going when you go for Jamie's post as well is you can kind of this be this build VNext has Microsoft VNext <laughs> written all over it, doesn't it? Because it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'd like to do a build in VSO and I'd like to use like npm. Yeah, no worries with Grunt and Bow. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, how about throw a bit of you know? And, you, and you're looking in some of these screenshots as well, and as well as like npm and Barry, so you've seen like Xcode and Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android, and you go, yeah, yeah, it's out of the box. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> huh? Command line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, command yeah. line. What do you command? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Wait a minute, you're not getting in my way? I don't have to just in Visual Studio? What's going on? Hey, speaking <laughs> of free, uh, Donovan Brown, who is my uh, hot tip of somebody to go uh, follow, if you're looking for somebody to follow me, go follow Donovan on Twitter. Uh, but he did a blog post about um, setting up Sonicube in Azure. So Sonicube is like a, an analysis server thing. It can... Um, it can do sort of static analysis on your code and look for technical debt, basically. You know, things you might want to go fix and how good your code is, where there might be things that maybe smell bad in the code and stuff like that. It's very popular with the Java folk. Um, at Build, though, they announced actual, you know, some integrations with .NET and with TFS. So it's it's a technology that's, that's becoming more and more relevant to .NET people. So um, if you want to if you want to take a look, either for .NET or for or for your Java teams, then uh, then Donovan's got a post for you, and rather than having to set up the server internally, you can set up in Azure and then have it pointing to your VSO account. So I thought that was worth a look. Yeah, Sonicube is another one of those things that I have just... You know, it's one of those things I... that if you've got an afternoon, go spend, go set it up on an existing project and mm-hmm. see if any, see if see what interesting happens that comes out of it over the next couple of weeks. And if nothing interesting has happened over the next couple of weeks, tear down the Azure VM because, hey, it's all in Azure. You haven't had to find a machine for it, you know, it's so but just, just give it a try. Which actually, that's a great segue in, into our next post. Thank you. Uh, I'm, uh, it's like we've been doing this for two years, for years and years, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know why uh, deliberate either. There we go. <laughs> Clemens has a great post. We've talked about your Azure VMs, and if you've got an MSDM subscription um, and you're not using your Azure credits, you're wrong. You're, you're just throwing <laughs> away free money. Um, 
but the part part of the problem is is spinning them up and and spinning them down, maybe setting it to a schedule, and, and, and kind of how do you do that, and how do you do that easily? How do you not reinvent the wheel? Uh, Clemens has got that post: organize, start, stop, schedule, and snooze your Azure VMs uh, and staying within your Azure MSDN boundary benefit. And he talks about you know the problems and some of the challenges and the solutions on how to do it. And again, it's a very nicely screenshotted w- with text, and he's annotated it with you know the the callouts, and uh, it's really pretty easy. If this has been your concern, you haven't wanted to do that because you know you don't want your VM, even though it's a little VM, you know, spinning at you know midnight or whatever. You got to check out Clemens' post. Wow! So has he actually got this one share thing? So he. He's got a thing called one chair that's available as a does he actually have they posted that is that available for other people to use so in, basically he's got a thing in sharepoint where he can configure like if it's a if it's a stop start show and stuff like that automatically yeah he's got it uh, the one share app he's got it on um, OneDrive. this is awesome it's i'm gonna add one, this because i actually wanted huh. my uh so my um kid wants to set up a minecraft server and i've done this a few times for him set up a minecraft server in uh, in azure because it's really easy to do a top right. tip for any any dads out there doing this or any, any mums doing this out there for their kids um, when you or for themselves when you do it uh, don't pick the Java virtual machine because even over Java, all the Java the Java virtual machine has Java pre-installed on it and then you know it's Windows or Linux depending which you choose um, but that doesn't come out of your MSDN benefits you get separately charged for those because oh. they're production Java licensed so Oracle get a cut and it, it, it says in the small print the, these aren't included in the MSTM benefits, but it's very, very buried in the small print and burnt me huh. first time I did it. So what I actually, what you actually have to do is just go create a normal VM and then install Java on yourself, you know, and then then you don't get charged. <laughs> and then well, then it comes out your MSDN benefit. So. <laughs> I don't know how legal that is or what, but hey, it's a Minecraft server for my son. I'm not I'm, <laughs> you know, dev tests, but I want if I can do a schedule, I could have it so it only ran, you know, out school hours, so it only ran from like say three o'clock in the afternoon till say you know 7 p.m in the evening and then switched off and only or at the weekends i'm gonna go look at this this is perfect for me brilliant (laughs) speaking of minecraft did you see the e3 minecraft demo demo. i am like the hero at school because i work for microsoft after that demo Uh, yeah, that's you know. I wish they would announce a date. I, I gotta guess that would be the hot holiday gift for you know holiday 2015. The stories that I'm hearing from people uh, reading and stuff about the the trials that they've done it because there's the was it Project X um, that does a um, a shooter game with Hololens as well, which looks really pretty awesome. Uh, it, let's see, I've got it here in my notes. Dun, dun, dun. Cortana is coming to Xbox, which is pretty. Yeah, Project X-Ray, the first person augmented reality shooter. That one looks uh, pretty awesome too. But not, it just the, the people are saying that the device is looking pretty well baked. Mm. So uh, you know, th- they have to hit holiday this year. There's so much exciting building on it. You know, if they don't hit holiday this year and they have to wait to holiday next year I, you know windows 10 is shipping for desktop solutions at least uh, now, in okay. just I, over a month 
I know nothing about that team. I have nothing to do with this team. I know nothing about that team. I barely know that team. I do I do know a couple of people on it, but not you know, uh-huh. I don't know anything about Brands on team. Based on what you saw of HoloLens at Build, do you think there's any way that it's going to be shipped <sighs> this year? At Build? No. Build, it really scared me. The way they were being so anal retentive about the security and the lockers. Uh, I mean, the devices look pretty good, but they just weren't letting people get a lot of access to it. From what I'm hearing about the demo at E3, it's much more open. The devices seem to be much more polished. They're, they're, they're putting them on. They still have to be guided through the ocular uh, measuring, you know, to set it up for your eyes. But I'm not hearing those, you know, uber security concerns. Like I heard from Build. Uh, I, I, I It would be very, very exciting. They would definitely capitalize on the hype if they get it out. If, you know, Christmas 2015, we had some HoloLenses, even if it's a dev kit, that's all. They don't need to do an RTM version, but just a dev kit to get it out in the hands of us without being, you know. So what you're telling me is you, you don't you don't care about the kids. You you want it. Oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Dude, my kid doesn't give, you know, he's he's in college, you know, he's doing his old anthropology degree and stuff. He doesn't care about Xbox as much. Now, I'm the one who went and, you know, did the Xbox One preview yesterday and installed it all and was running my, you know, some of my 360 games on the Xbox One and just ooing and eyeing over the emulation that they built into that. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually, sorry, I know we should, this is not, this isn't radio uh, Xbox either. <laughs> Xbox, but, but, um, yeah. but no, that they, the backwards compatibility thing is, was just a huge announcement for me. Three, so yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the, there's going to be able to play certain Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One. That 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 was the right. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go go and get an Xbox One now. <laughs> and the fact that the manufacturers actually don't have to touch the code; you basically have to, you know, agree. Yeah, I have no idea how that works. That's amazing. Uh, again, that's one of those things. I'm like, wow, how did they do that? What they actually did is they built an emulator. I did it last night. I uh, one of the Xbox arcade games, you know, for Xbox Gold, you can sign up for, uh, buy these games digitally. And those games that you've bought digitally that are available, they show up just in your Xbox One marketplace. So you just yeah. install them. You know, there's a little uh, a sidebar that says Xbox 360 on it. But it's, it. a, it's so a completely I, different chip, isn't it? It's like a power PC it, running, you know, emulating on a on a, on a Intel chipset. Yes. Right? And that's wow. why they said it was impossible originally. And then they've been mm-hmm. working on it since. And they, and it's, it actually works. And what it does is it fires up a, like a 360. It's a VM. You know, it's an emulator. It, 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 it's hilarious. like um, um, a MAME, you know, for the 360 yeah, on yeah, your yeah. Xbox One. And it, it it worked. It worked well. It worked fast. There wasn't any glitching on it. Uh, and, and the fact that the manufacturers don't have, the publishers don't have to change any code. I think that was the winning argument. And you can take advantage of all the other Xbox stuff that it does. You know, the all the Xbox One with the game DVR and the snapshots and uh, that, that that was. Okay, and go the, on, we'll move on. We thought this was going to be a slow <laughs> show and we were... Uh... <laughs> Hey, and they lowered it. the price permanently for the Xbox One. Oh, they crushed it. Yeah, definitely. It was a good so. E3 for Microsoft. Right, I'm going to do the uh, the sponsor shout out if that's okay. Okay. There we go. So uh, let's look. So uh, Radio, episode 90 of Radio TFS is brought to uh, us by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or email sales at SAS Made Easy. And SAS Made Easy is S A A S M A D E E A. ASY.com. 
Now back to the show. So speaking of cross-platform, Paul Barnum, he's uh, taken over the job that I used to have a long time ago as the, the guy who's looking after uh, Team Explorer everywhere and things. So he's the new PM over there. He's doing a great job. Um, the, the team are doing really well. So but he did a blog post all about um, cross-platform development with um, with Team Foundation Server and Visual Studio Online. And he went, he was, it was an epic blog post, wasn't it? Did you see it? It's just yeah. like huge. So he told you all about, you know, connecting in Xcode, doing all your planning and things, doing a build, connecting it up with Git and, and all that sort of stuff. So it was just quite a nice little roundup, you know, showing you all the stuff. But yeah, uh, I would look for more from Paul and the team because um, they're, they're, they're just investing more and more in this area. I know probably don't hear about it as much on the show anymore because I'm not in that area anymore. I'm over in .NET world nowadays, but that team are just cranking it. So uh, it should be good. Uh, extensions. You guys yes. know how, uh, how I like extensions. And... Can you pronounce his name? I I, I got to get like a a cash. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to. StudioGeeks.com. There you go. Okay. And you know I actually highlighted this extension on the Coding for Fun blog that I do every Monday for Visual Studio extensions. But I wanted to also mention it here. We talk about we've been talking about VSO so much today, and while its reliability is very very high, there are still times when either you can't talk to it because your network is down, or it's having issues. You know, it's not everything. Thing isn't all green for it. How do you know that? You know, right when you try to check in and then stuff acts weird. No, what he's done, he's written a little extension um, that, that lives in Visual Studio that basically is a check. It's a little green, red, yellow indicator as to what's the status of VSO. And what I think is better on it is he um, made the source code available so you can see how he did it. And he is using one, one of my favorite tools, the HTML agility pack to uh, make that happen. It's, it's really not hard. He's scraping the page, trying to you know figure out where it's at. So there's not necessarily an API for this, but he had a problem and, and he solved it. You know, they should, they should make sure there is an API for that. So uh, there you go. That's excited. Is it, and yeah, so it's showing your Visual Studio com, um, extensibility, isn't it? But it's quite cool. Yeah. I should have a look. I should ask them actually if there is a, I'm going to go, uh, well, what, what status over So he's looking at that. Okay, cool. I'm going to go actually go check. I bet there is. I bet there is a page. Um, I bet there is a v- an API they can call because uh, the monitoring stuff in the VSO uses will need it as well. So I'm I'm going to go look at that while we're while we're talking. But uh, before <laughs> well, there, before I do, go ahead. There may be an API, but whether it's public or not and supported. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like the Coplex one. There's a Coplex API for it because I call <laughs> it one of my programs. And then somebody was moaning because he didn't know one of my. Yeah, there is. Look here, it is. And like, well, where's that documented? And I was like, uh, yeah. Well, here's some code that uses it, so it's documented now. Um, so, so speaking of extensions, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Clemens did Studio a, online. Yeah. Uh, well, this one's Visual Studio Online now. Yeah, uh, Clemens did a um, an extension. Uh, you know, uh, Microsoft bought Wonderlist, the to do app people, and then they have mm-hmm. like a cross platform to do app application and web application, which is quite cool. Um, and the team are based in Berlin actually, so we're building up a nice sort of core competency of people in Germany and Berlin now. After the um, oh gosh, I've forgotten what the name the the uh, app jock jockey thingy what were they called the the app insights team that bought anyway there's another team we just bought recently in germany as well so this is great we're, we're increasing our german workforce which is cool because i always like going to germany um so the wonderlist guys are over and he's just used the visual studio extensibility stuff that you know we we covered in the, the we covered will's build session in the last episode um and he's using visual studio extensibility to be able to you cl- uh, add a button into vso so if you want to take a task or a, a work item from vso and add it mm-hmm. as a to-do list item 
in Wonderlist, then there's just a single button and it just goes and adds it as a to-do list item. Simple, easy, and yet incredibly useful. So there you go. And then I wanted to just mention as well quickly um, around Charles uh, Chuck did a, a blog post from uh, Esteban Garcia um, talking about mm-hmm. some free training. We always like free training on the show. So um, and he's posting about uh, a course around um, enabling continuous integration and continuous deployment with Visual Studio Online. So again, something we've been talking a lot about this show, um, how to get that set up. Maybe I should go on that course and then get the Radio TFS website being continuous. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, I know. They've been there. It gets, yeah, another set of people. That, that said, I've also, I did you get, a, I got an email from LinkedIn today because they bought lynda.com, which is another training provider. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've acquired Lynda.com, which is in an interesting acquisition. Um, but they're offering, yeah, the, uh, to LinkedIn were doing an offer offering access to uh, Lynda.com for ah. a, a period. So I'm gonna, I might give that a yeah. try. But no, Pluralsight is brilliant for the site. But Lynda.com is more interesting for like some of the courses that are like some of the non-technical course, not non-technical, but you know, like using. Uh, they've got some good courses around like using Illustrator and using um, you know creative stuff. I was doing a video for my kids' school last week, and I needed to, you know, you know that classic comedy trick where you get two people appearing, you get somebody appearing out from behind a lamppost, and then right. you get somebody else like appearing from the other side of a lamppost as well, you know, and it's physically impossible to do, but um, I wanted to do that, so I, I had set up a tripod, had the people pop out either side of the lamppost, and I thought, right, I'll go figure out how to do it, and then the figuring out how to do it was basically, let's go learn how to use Adobe Premiere, and so uh, <laughs> luckily there's loads of courses on, there's loads of like little snippets on how to do some of these things on YouTube, so I figured it out, mm-hmm. but Linda have a whole course on Adobe be premiere and all those sorts of things so i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a try as well but yep pluralsight awesome yeah and lynda.com i I always you know they're local so they're southern california uh, yeah uh, headquartered in carpinteria california which is in ventura county they're about eh, a little ways away from me but you know they're up the coast north northwest of los angeles northwest of ventura but yeah i always thought that was kind of cool because they were just out there in Carpinteria, which is a great beach, by the way. Great place. And I had a, but we we have a listener who who works for Lynda.com as well, believe it or not, because oh. we um we when I was at Build, somebody came. Uh, apologies, I've forgotten your name, whoever it was, but uh, um, a gentleman came up and had a chat with me, and you know was talking about the show and stuff. And uh, I looked at his badge, and it was Lynda.com. I was like, Lynda.com, are you? I've been there. That's a great site. So yeah, it was one of those mutual back slapping moments where you're like, you do good stuff. You do good stuff. <laughs> We all do good stuff. Let's move on. <laughs> well, congratulations to them, though, on that. That's... Yeah, 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 definitely. So it wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk about the ALM Rangers. Um, Willie P has done a post, time slicing through context switching vortex and proposing a cookbook. What this the isn't heck necess- does that mean? <laughs> he has some of the most interesting titles yep. uh, of his posts. But um, it's not as much as this is a, you know, inside baseball. It's kind of like, what are the ALM Rangers do? And, you know, we talk about the ALM Rangers a lot, but these guys are not like 99.9% of them are not getting paid for what they do. They do it because, you know, it's their community. They love what they do. They like the ALM world. Um, and they like sharing what they do. And that's why a lot of them are, many of them are ALM MVPs. But, you know, they spend a good chunk of their day, or not a good chunk, but, you know, parts of every day helping 
build and, and um, enhance the ALM community. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, Willie's talking about, okay, we've got all this knowledge. You know, how do we capture this? And how do we share it without killing everybody, without taking a million years to do it, um, but getting it out there quickly? Huh. That's a win for everybody. So he's got a great idea. He's talking about a cookbook, you know, where every, it's a, a everything's are small slices. Here's the problem. Here are the components. Here's the solution. Mm. And, and he's got some cool pictures. Great drawing, Willie. I, yeah. I like those stick figure. Uh, and, and he's talking about, you know, he, here's what you guys think about this. And he's, he's, again, he's trying to get feedback from the community on it. Um, and he's also talking about quick reference cards. I don't know about you, but I love the quick reference cards. You know, if it's three pages or less and it's very dense with information, uh, I personally love those kind of uh, deliverables. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about that idea as well. And, and again, what do you think? You guys out there, um, he's asking for your comments. Uh, let him know. Let him know if you think this is great. Let him know if you think it's stupid. If you've got a better idea, if you want to be part of the ALM Rangers, uh, reach out to Willie. Definitely. Cool. Hey, well, that's the show. It certainly is, my friend. Super. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for your time. Um, I, I would read out the email addresses and things, but I probably haven't got them working at the minute. If you want well, to email us, just use radiotfs at gmail.com. We definitely know that's what, that one's working. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, or, or tweet us at radiotfs. There you go. Uh, it's spelled R-A-D-I-O-T-F-S. Thanks, Gordon. <laughs> And uh, we'll speak to you next time. Hopefully not too soon, not too, not too uh, long okay. way from now. We'll speak to you. Yeah, exactly. We'll speak to you soon on Radio TFS. Thanks. Mm-hmm.